Yeah, obvious, we got a problem here And it's more than just Alvin screaming Punisher When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, got two friends who you won't forget Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival Laughing non-stop, case drops on a cycle Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up Lies being told like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us Having the time, roasting your favorite people Bougie ain't an option, it's the wage Take it to the grave, add moving to the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, yeah, right a minute, Mr. Postman Yeah man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell me? What up, Fran? Uh, como estas? Uh, Bieni too? Uh, that might have, I did everything at the same time. How? What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much, man. I'm chilling. We breaking on Spanish? Something's going on. I just like to be. Uh, you know, you got to sharpen. You know, your sword at all times. You never know what okay. kind of conversations you can find yourself. And so I like to be like a, a Swiss Army knife, and you know, in in any scenario, I can at least get by. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, you know, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Uh, we are just a dick. Well, no, I guess while we're recording this, oh, this is Inception type of stuff. Okay. While this is out, we are probably in a Chili's 2. Yeah. Uh, because it is the day of us travel day. This is yeah. dropping on travel day. So if you're hearing this as it releases, when we're, we're like at a Chili's 2 right now in uh, like uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida or something like that. So um, uh, while this is re- uh, released and you're listening to this, we are traveling down to Orlando for CrimeCon. Fran, um... What are some things that you have expectations for? What, what is what is a win in your eyes for CrimeCon? What is a good weekend for you? Like, lay it out. A good weekend? A good weekend. Like, as far as, you know, networking, whatever the goal. If you have a goal, I don't know. What, I don't know. The thing about, I think people don't, a lot of the people don't know is, like, at the booth, it can get, for me, it can feel kind of um, uh, monotonous because, Especially on a Saturday. Saturday is like the longest day. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Get down there like early a, and it ends late. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long day, but it, it's fun. But, you know, I plan just chilling out, relaxing and hanging out and, you know, get turned a little bit maybe. We got yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the lobby, have a couple of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, post-Crime Con uh, interactions, drinks and those kind of uh, shenanigans are always fun. That's, that's the best time to get the real conversations going and really talking to people and getting to know people. So I'm, I'm also looking forward to that too. That'll, that'll be really fun. And I'm excited to get some, you know, some good content and, uh, hopefully interview some people that are floating by. I'm, I'm hoping to catch a white whale, maybe a Chris Hansen or something floating by and we grab him for five, 10 minutes if possible. I'm sure he moves with uh, security very deep. Cause there's a for lot sure. of people, there's a lot of people out there that probably have uh, Chris Hansen in their scopes. But they don't hang out though. It's not like a they go Very into true. business. It's like they go and show their face like they're supposed to do, and then right, yeah, it, they're 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 there to, to to do the work and then get the fuck up out of there. They're not <laughs> really they're not really mingling. But right. listen, like I'm a, that's that's my hope. My hope is to catch one of those kind of you know uh, random interviews from somebody with a world of knowledge that could really drop some gems on the podcast and for the listeners about this true crime space, where it's going, what needs to happen. Those are uh, some of my big hopes and dreams for the weekend. But uh, one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the story this week, 
which is a, a doozy of a story. Also, last week, people seemed to be re- very receptive of the, the uh, young QC story. It was a crazy one. And I've been posting the videos from his YouTube channel a lot because I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. And upon, you know, a, a, some time going by, have you since reflected on that? Do you have any new thoughts since the episodes dropped out? Like, what, what are your thoughts on the young QC debacle? I don't think what I, you know, my original, whatever we talked about in the episode changed much, mm-hmm. except for the fact that, you know, this dude was like really out here, like, I'm him. He's like, that's how he was walking around, like, I'm this dude, I'm him. And nobody really knew who he was. That's a, that's another thing, like, you walk around with this idea that, you know, I'm famous uh, and I got all this money, but it's like, if it was given to you and you kind of, hire people to come in and make it. It's like, that's not the same. Yeah, it's a facade. It's like, you live in your own world. Like, you live in this own little bubble where it's like, no, nah, you know, people come, people love me and this, and I'm this. Like, bro, no, you're not really that talented, so you cut it out. You know, I mean, I will push say, back. I will push back on that. I've had several sure, people, I've sure. had several people message me and say, listen, what you've, what I've put on our social media platforms is, will rival a lot of Tyler Perry work. Who are huh? these people that agree with you with that? A lot of people. I'm not going to name people. I don't have their names I, written down because I, I just, I just, you know, real recognize real. I saw people on my side about it in a, in a lot of ways. And so I just wanted to say that well, I stand by well, what I Well, I'll take your word for it because you run social media, so I don't know what's true or what's false. I don't so, really know. Sure. What, what what could you disagree with me about what I said? Do you go do you go and see Tyler Perry movies? No. And why not? Because I like the plays. <laughs> but there, haven't been a, there hasn't been a play for like 20 years. So, I don't, I don't, so you just I don't, don't support them? No. Do you think he's talented? Yes, absolutely. I think he's but hilarious. you don't. Su- but you don't watch his content. I don't know. I like his plays. If he came up with plays, oh, I'll be his number one supporter for sure. Like if he did like a tour with. Plays, but he's I'll made so it. much content since the. Play- I mean, it's not like he's not making anything because the he's- because the because the movies are a spinoff of the plays. Like I, I just I'm like I don't like that. Not anymore, man. We've uh, he's made a movie of every play that he's done. These are new things now that you're and just not supporting. And those were and I mean it was okay, but it's like I'm just like nah. They just remind me too much of the plays. So now they're just movies. So I'm, you don't like interested. them? I'm, no, I, no, I said I didn't like them. I said I okay, like the that's fair. Okay, so you don't like them. Let's extrapolate that point. So you don't like them. You don't think it's possible that somebody could just think it's okay and go support it because Tyler Perry, they want to see him succeed, and he's an institution, and they just want to you know go see a, a movie with the family for the weekend, and why not support a black man making movies? I mean, I you think everybody that goes to see Tyler Perry loves the? They're just like, man, this is a great. This is a, this should be Oscar nominated. Yes, yes. Hey, you know Mr. Some? Brown and everything. Yeah, they go <laughs> we don't have to start. We don't have to start naming his intellectual properties, man. That's that's Mr. what. That's cool. We don't got to start naming the characters. No, we don't got to do that. That's fine. what's wrong with that? Well, Mr. Brown is funny. He's hilarious. <laughs> Can we agree on that? He's not I hilarious. Mean, he was hilarious when I was like thirteen. I don't know if I would think Mr. Brown is hilarious right now today. No, he's absolutely. He's he's yeah. Oh his pants God. are very small, and he has a high, a high voice, and he's funny. I agree. Okay. Yeah. He's. Yeah. What if people go and see Mr. Brown then? That's fine. I'm just listen. That's fine, man. Let's that's fine. I don't. I just I just think you're. Ma- I think you're. I think you're making this up. I think you're coming in here with like, oh, I have this group of people behind me. That's that's. I like, didn't say oh, all yeah, that. We, <laughs> hate, we hate Tyler Perry. I didn't we, say I hate Tyler people Perry. People only black I don't hate people Tyler support him. I don't hate Tyler Perry at all, and I don't think only black people support him. But like, no, you just said that. So, I, no, I said mostly black people support Tyler Perry, though. Yeah, I mean, that's not a crazy thing to say. Mostly Mexican and Hispanic people like Gabriel, uh, what's his name, Big Fluffy? Uh, Iglesias? Again, Gabriel, Igle- Gabriel Iglesias, is that his name? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah, Big Fluffy. Yes. He's a Hispanic comedian who speaks about Hispanic culture. But, and he's but, funny. 
but he's more funny to people who have lived this experience. But he is funny though. Sure, he's, he's objectively funny. I, funny. He's ob- he's ob- okay. Sure, he's objectively funny. He's not. He's not funny. I've I've definitely laughed at Gabriel Iglesias. Yes. Stand so what up? are you saying that only? Hispanic I'm saying that I'm saying that some people Joe Coy. No, there's a so ton of people out there. Joe Coy is a Filipino comedian. He right. a lot of his comedy is based around him being Filipino. So his right. audience is predominantly Filipino. But he's a funny comedian. Yes, he is funny. Tyler Perry knows how to make a movie. He bought a bunch of cameras and he knows how to write something that is compelling in some kind of way. But yes. mostly black people go and see his, his his art. And he's a God-fearing man, so he also has the religion behind him as well. So people like people do like that. People do like that of his movies and his plays. Sure, I, I will give you that too. Okay. Black people, black so, church but people. But your point is you're only saying that Hispanic people only don't I didn't really say think only. Get, I didn't say only. Hispanic people don't really think he's funny, but... Who, the Tyler Perry? Experience, no, Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, they don't say he's really that funny. But they I didn't say that. Because That's no, no, no. Now, now we're, you're, you're trying to go too equivalent in the comparison. Okay. Right. I'm just saying that his audience is mostly based off people who know what he's talking about. I think, I think, I think well, I think you're fabricating whatever you, whatever this group that you have that, you know, that follows you and goes like, we ride, we ride for you. I think that's well, false. Nobody's riding for me. They just agreed that I said, you know, Tyler Perry has really capitalized on black people being so supportive and wanting him to succeed. I think that's racist, but go ahead, man. That's racist. Yeah. I think you're being racist. I think you'd be like only black people, black people don't really like you him. You keep saying only. Black, because he's black. That's why we're going to go see his movie. Black people only like him because he's black is not what I said. Black people like that he's black and want to support a person making art and making money. Listen, man, I think that Coach Prime is doing a great job, right? Yes. Do you think that it's not uh, aiding him in the black community to, to be riding for them like he, like he is, that it's Deion Sanders, uh, like boisterous black athlete? But people love You don't Deion think him Sanders, being black is not like was, for the culture and you don't think that that's part of it? Okay, but he was an athlete, though. Him so? being the great athlete back in the 90s helped him, I mean, helped the group that he has now that follow him. Like, if he was, it's a whole bunch of black coaches. Nobody, that don't mean everybody's supporting the black coaches. Yeah, but no, he's, no, he's, like a, he's, like, he's a famous black co- coach is what I'm right. saying. Right, yes. I'm not just saying they support him because he's black. They support him because he's a black celebrity. Okay. And well, they want to see him succeed. Right. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's, but that's the reality of the situation. All right. That's all I'm saying. I just don't like disrespect. The disrespect. I'm not disrespect. Who am I disrespecting? Tyler Perry. So you have Tyler Perry. You disrespect Tyler Perry, the empire he's built, and all the stuff that he's doing in the community. I just think you're being disrespectful. How did I disrespect all that by saying black people want to see him succeed, so they go support his mediocre art? No, you said, see, see, why you got to throw that in there? I'm okay. My bad. My bad. I'm okay. You know something, man? Tyler Perry's great. I'm sorry that I offended you and all the Tyler Perry movies that I can see behind you on your DVD stand that you support and go out I'm and spend a, your I'm money a, I'm on Tyler Perry. Huh? I will, I'm going to reach out to him, tweet him, and be like, this guy called you mediocre. And he's going to be like, oh, hell, uh, what, the hell, what the hell? And thank you, friend. What movie have you seen of mine in 2023? And you will say, Diver Mad Black Woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, friend, let's get into uh, some true crime news. I wanted to talk about something really quickly. Uh, earlier this month, a guy named Kevin McGrath was uh, on a a carnival cruise with his family. It was the last night of the cruise. They were uh, due to be docking back in Florida in the morning. And around 2 a.m., this guy disappeared from his room. He's been still missing uh, since that night. The cruise docked, and um, the carnival cruise itself, the family didn't know that he was missing until the morning time, which was when the ship was docked and ready to get off. So they made a note to to the crew to say, hey, we can't find our family member. Um, they deboarded the ship and didn't notify anybody that anybody was missing to get statements or anything like that. So the ship let off. Kevin McGrath is still missing. 
um, uh, the the Carnival Cruise got into some hot water because a woman did a TikTok where she was saying, I'm very upset that the um, Carnival Cruise sent out a uh, questionnaire about the people being, how satisfied were you with the Carnival Cruise, but didn't send out an, uh, an email letting people that were on the cruise know that somebody went missing on the cruise. Uh, Carnival responded with a very sassy email, basically saying, I don't really know what one has to do with the other. We always send up. It was, and I, I know how I'm talking is very like uh, sassy and, and like uh, bitchy, but that's how the email kind of read. It was, it was very much like, uh, I don't know what this person's talking about. We always send out questionnaires. And if she has a problem with somebody being missing, then she should have done something. This, uh, this TikTok isn't really doing anything to help find anybody. And she doesn't even know what she's talking about. Cause she wasn't there anyway. Um, we hope that this guy that's missing is found, but we did all we could do. So I don't know why this lady's mad at us. And I was like, damn, that's very like, usually it's like a boilerplate kind of uh, uh, response that a company would put out. Mm-hmm. But this had some zest on it that was very, uh, who the fuck are you to be coming at us? We didn't do anything. Okay. So um, I did some more research and apparently like up to 19 people a year go missing on these cruise ships, whether they fall mm-hmm. off or whatever. People go missing on cruise ships kind of at a number that I didn't expect it to be, you know, over 10, under 20. What are your thoughts on cruise ships, um, the safety of them? You've been on a couple. Yeah. Um, do you think it is possible that Kevin McGrath woke up drunk in the middle of the night, fell off? Do you think this is more insidious? Like, what, what are your, what are your, do you think that that's like a, an easy thing to do? To disappear like, on a cruise ship? Oh, I'm about to take the fall off a boat? Or whether, whether it's, the, but I mean, that's the only way I can think of you disappearing on a cruise ship. So, yeah. yes. Um, maybe, I maybe you can, you can wake up intoxicated and fall off. I don't know. You know, he could, he could like, you know, being one that, you know, found his way inside to like, with him, the, uh, the machines and all the mechanics of the, of the, of the ship. He could have mm. been in there or freezer or something like that. I'm guessing they, I'm guessing they checked they searched. all those, Yeah, they, they searched, searched the, they, they searched the ship according to them. Yeah, so maybe, man, I just, whenever I hear stories where it's like, okay, and we've done these stories where it's like, okay, this, Somebody fell off of a balcony, or in this this instance, somebody fell off a boat. Like, maybe, maybe he got drunk and maybe just tripped over something and fell off. And it's like, there's no cameras. There's they don't have no camera footage. That I don't. That that's the part I don't. I would think a a a cruise ship would have cameras everywhere, especially on the edges of the boat, in case somebody falls off. So yeah, yeah. um, there's been no headway. Yeah, the only fear I have on cruise ships are obviously those sinking, and pirates. That's the only. Pretty, you know, and it being and it not being enough of those little small boats on the side. If something does happen with this thing, yeah, like all of us ain't all of us ain't making it. It's gonna be a Titanic situation. It's not realistic yet. Yeah. Well, as a person, that's a that's a you know uh, that's a a, a interesting uh, topic. Uh, How do you feel about as a person that has uh, kids and a wife? How do you feel about this whole women and children first? Like they should be the priority. What's up with that? Am I right? What are you like being sarcastic or what are you being sarcastic or like? Well, I guess I'll wait for your response to, to tell you. Well, I do agree with that. Just like, yeah, me too. Like for sure. In the streets, yeah. sure. Same. In the streets, you would go like, you don't touch women and kids. Yeah, first, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they survive. They need to survive. The women, you know, are they help reproduce this world where we are now. So it's like, yeah, uh-huh. kids. Let them go. You, like if I, if it was the children us, of the future, man. If it was yeah, us, sure. nah. My kids and my wife on the boat first, and if I don't make it, then that's you know. Uh huh. I know. I know they safe. For sure, and that's what I was saying. So like, no obviously, way. if it's not enough Look boats, away. then it's not enough boats. So whatever, you know what I'm saying. You that's swim. what I was. You know how to swim, was, don't you? You fucking scuba dive and shit. You gonna be bragging? 
<laughs> what? Yeah, you snorkel, don't you? You swim. I swim from time to time. Yeah, I've never bragged about being able to swim. <laughs> you what? take things very personal, man. Listen, I learned how to swim. What do you mean I, I think of like, personal? Why are you? I, I scuba dive. I don't scuba dive. You snorkel. Snorkeling is just and you swimming brag about it. So with you, on. if a uh, ship go down, I'll be like, no, motherfucker. Go ahead and you, jump you in. snorkel. Yeah. I'll take your spot. You swim. Yeah, you swim. That's how you feel? Yeah. Listen, that's and fine. We, we see you when we get there. <laughs> Call you bitch and stuff. Yeah, that's crazy why the boat's like <laughs> vrooming away from me. That's crazy. Got a little horn on it. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> wah, and I can't see land at all. And all yeah. I got is some flippers and a black. snorkel. Nah. No, that's, it's at nighttime too? <laughs> no, you're just leaving me to die, man. That's cold-blooded. Obviously, pr- uh, prayers to Kevin McGrath. I hope that he is found safely. Um, but obviously, being lost at sea uh, doesn't bode well. That's always a that's a that's a tough scenario. But I just think it's so crazy that um, you could go on a cruise ship and just turn up missing, and the the cruise ship hasn't turned up any surveillance footage or anything to aid, as far as my knowledge from me, me doing a quick little cursory search. Yeah. But I, at, I mean, what I mean, was this? What line was this? Carnival. 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 I mean, it's not the best. They seem like they have cameras, but they're not <laughs> like they're not plugged in. They don't work. Like, yeah. They just are, the, they're just to scare yeah. people. It's not the Norwegian. It's not like the best yeah, yeah. lines. It's like uh, they may have some. They may have cobwebs in front of their. Yeah. No shade to Carnival, but a little bit of shade to Carnival. Yeah. You definitely give off big. Yeah. The cameras are set up, but not plugged in energy. And if like, your personnel is like your social media personnel is like coming back sassy with some sass. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that should tell you a lot. It's like. Yeah, you're, you're, somebody's you're, missing, and, and and you're like, come back with me some clapping attitude? back. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you cla- are you clapping back at somebody because they're mad that a person went missing on your ship? You're like, well, first of all, I didn't know that this was a a conversation to be had by people who don't know what they're talking about. I was like, dang, this is very this is a very sassy. Uh, <laughs> why are you clapping back like this? But yeah, obviously, again, uh, prayers to Kevin McGrath, man. You know, I hope that his family is able to get the closure that they need. And I'm optimistic that hopefully they find him and, you know, it was a, a mix-up of some kind. But now pushing Kevin McCarthy aside, this did get my wheels spinning in my brain. And I thought of a crazy uh, Jordan Peele movie scenario type of thing. You take 12 years a slave and get out, right? Cruise lines. What do you do on cruise lines? You, you dock places and you show off your athletic prowess at times. You go zip lining. Uh, you dance. You, you, you uh, do the, uh, um, what is that, limbo. Like, you know, you're work, walking around shirtless. What if a movie came out where people go on a cruise line and then they're secretly being watched, like how in Get Out, they were, you know, th- that girl comes and, you know, brings you to the family and it, like it's a meeting the, the family type of thing. But really, they, she picked you because you, you, you've shown something, demonstrated something. They want your body. Now you're on a cruise ship. They take you out of your room and put you below the deck. They take you to an island, slavery, like a secret slave island somewhere, and you go disappear off the, off the cruise ship in the middle of the night. Nobody can find you, but they just chalk it up to you got left in the Dominican Republic or whatever, or you left, you know, they just didn't account for you. But secretly, you've been snatched by this evil cruise line, taken to an island that they've, you know, they scoped you out. They're like, this guy's in good shape. This lady's in good shape. Uh, we could use them for manual labor. They are, you're on a boat. So the, mm-hmm. the visual the, of, you know, uh, you know, chattel slavery then they take you to an island, a billionaire type of island situation where you're making, I don't know, chips for iPhones or whatever type of product in slavery because you tried to go on a cruise ship. That's where my brain went. What are your thoughts on that movie? Would you go see that? So the, the, the cruise ship, 
They trick you. It's like, oh, they it's a cheap you. cruise. Okay. They make you think it's going to be a good we're, deal. We're scouting for like very buff, yeah, in shape, young backs to okay. you know take to our uh, slave island. Yeah, and then so, put that Jordan Peele get out spin on it. So it's like a horror movie. Would I go see it? Yeah. If you're making it. Well, I mean, I mean, a crew of people that I trust to get my vision out. Okay. Is this an all black cast? Of course, it's a, it's going to be very Jordan Peele inspired. I'm a I'm a okay. I'm a I'm a Jordan Peele baby. Okay. So, but my question to you is now, obviously, you would support me as a friend. So let's take me out of it. Would you go see the movie I just pitched to you, directed by director X? You don't even know who it is. Okay. Or would you go see? It's Halloween time. Mm-hmm. Or would you go see Boo or Madea Halloween? I wouldn't go see Boo or Madea Halloween. By default, okay. It's so take default, default out of it, because who the fuck? Why would you go see that movie? But um, shout out to Boo, Boo and Madea Halloween. But uh, what do you think of that movie concept, though? That that sounds kind of like fun and interesting, right? Yeah, I get a little yeah, spooky, I, I, yeah, but a little like, real. I like a little spooky, premise. little real. I like the premise. Yeah, a little I, spooky, I, I, I little real. I don't know real. about the keeping them below deck, though. How does that? How does well, they snatch them. Well, I don't know. You know, you got to keep them somewhere a secret, a secret door passageway type of situation till the ship docks and yeah. lets people off because they only select a, a few. Gotcha. So you're not down there by yourself. You're down there with like seven other people that they picked for this cruise. Mm, okay. I like it. I like it. Right? I thought that was interesting. Obviously, yeah. you know, I don't, we don't have, this budget probably somewhere around like 65 million. Yeah. yeah. So I don't see me getting that budget to make it, but I just like to put out the intellectual property out there to the people. Maybe somebody can take that and turn it into something better. You know, yeah. take my rough concept and turn it into something that people would like. I don't know. I'm just spitballing right. ideas. It has a, has a high floor, low ceiling. I don't see it like break a box office but you know all right wow that was a really harsh and specific critique that you just gave i don't see it tanking though you know i see it being okay in the box (laughs) office in the box (laughs) office is that we're doing we're having box office discussions right now damn man that was a really like honest critique of my uh, i see you break even (laughs) breaking even (laughs) yeah yeah you make i see you making the studio it's money back no sequel though (laughs) yeah they won't trust it enough to green light the sequel but you know i think that you make the studio it's money back and you guys chalk it up to a rough w yeah it maybe becomes a cult classic in like five years. Like people redis- they rediscover it on Netflix yeah, and then they love it. That's where you make your money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On the back end. Yeah, this that movie's great on Netflix. That's what happened with Suits. Suits. I heard that was good, man. Yeah, but you know, Suits came out like a decade ago. Did it? Yeah, it was on USA. Nobody was watching Suits. It's Meghan Markle show, becomes a princess. Or they, or they just, or they just, uh, oh, it's the same show. It's, oh, the, it's, yeah. it's reruns. It's already happened. Oh. Unless, I, well, let me take that back. The first seasons of Suits, Meghan Markle was on it, the princess. Okay. Then she, you know, the show, she, she left the show or whatever and became Meghan Markle, the princess. My theory is, again, I haven't watched it on Netflix, but I, I watched a couple episodes of Suits back in like 2011. Mm. But now Netflix acquired it and it's blown up. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do a Suits reboot or whatever, a new season of, of Suits, or if they did. But I don't think they did. I think these are just re- reruns of Suits. I don't yeah. think they did a new season of Suits. I could be I thought, wrong if I somebody loves suits. I thought this and, was all new. I thought this was a whole new. Then I could be. Then I could be wrong. But okay. the suit suits the show was already has came out. Yeah, Meghan Markle was in it. Hmm. I do got a recommendation. We can talk about. I want to. I want. I want you to. I'll tell you about this movie I watched. Me and Steph watch. I want to get your. Go go for yeah. it. Right now, I thought I was going to do a late at the You can save it to then. You want to save it to then? I'll save it to then. Yeah, so we can get to. All right, story. save it to then. All right. Well, then what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Uh, 
All right, and we are back. Fran, are you prepared to get into our affirmative murder this week? Yeah, man, this story was a very, very compelling story. I was like, I yes. was very excited. I'm like, oh, okay, I never heard this. And then where it was, I didn't know where it was going. Mm-hmm. It puts you on that, like, you go like, wait, oh, hold up. He, he might, we'll get into it, but I, it, 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 do you still start to like, Jump on both sides a little bit in the beginning. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. So um, our affirmative murder this week is the story of Carlos Hallowell and Denise Hallowell. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. So uh, Denise Hallowell was a devoted teacher living in Marion County, Florida. And although her life appeared to be fulfilling in many ways, she felt that something in her life was missing. And having been adopted as a child herself, she decided to take on the responsibility of being a mother to a child in need. And in 2006, Denise adopted four-year-old Carlos from Guatemala. Although by many counts, Carlos grew up a happy kid and was afforded everything he needed and beyond, he turned to alcohol and drugs at the age of 11, showing early signs of antisocial personality disorder that would only heighten in his adolescence. He experimented with a wide range of narcotics, including marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, and prescription pills. All by the time he was like 15 years old, he, was, he had already dabbled in these things. But that's Florida. Is it? Florida's just like Florida's off the hook, man. It's the Wild Wild West. In, it's in the, in no, the it's, South. it's the it's the dirty <laughs> South. Like it really is. Like there's the alligators South. and shit, and poisonous snakes. It's just a crazy place. Drugs everywhere. Strip clubs. Florida's uh, Florida is its own type of um, cesspool ecosystem. Bath salts. That that whole story came out of Florida. Want. Yeah. Yeah, and everything, and because it's a port type of state you know every you know a lot of it's you know connected to water you you get stuff coming in on boats all the new shit kind of hits florida first the yeah. new drugs new the drugs. new guns yeah. like they get everything fresh off the boat as you've heard probably in a lyric in many of rick ross songs shout out to rick ross my guy one of my favorite artists yeah great businessman many uh, chicken wing stops yeah. chicken wing stops chicken wing many stops. wing stops <laughs> chicken wing stops that's the full name when you want to be proper chicken pinkies wing out stops. i want to go to a can i go to a chicken wing a chicken wing stop please so fast forward a decade to July 13, 2019, and after Denise and Carlos attended a, a funeral of a family friend, they returned home, and according to Carlos, the two retired to their individual rooms for the evening to nap and unwind. Mm -hmm. Later in the night, Florida police received an emergency call requesting assistance at Denise's home. First responders arrived on the scene to find Denise Hallowell lying in her bed, barely breathing. Emergency response did what they could, but weren't able to move Denise because there was an axe lodged in the side of her head. Yeah. Within minutes, Denise was gone. Although it was pretty evident, an autopsy later determined that the axe wounds were what caused her death. Yeah. I, I, and it was ruled a homicide. Yeah, I wanted to um, make sure I express my gratitude for first responders because to show up at a scene and to what a see scene. something like oh yeah, to see something like that and have to still perform and be composed and be composed is like you have to applaud that. I mean, you have to. Oh, for sure. Applaud that, and, and then you have to. You know, you gotta keep everybody. You gotta keep the. You know, the family members and stuff like. It's like us just to do you all that. Keep and the victim still do calm. Your, yeah, do your job, and and also to to, to to move on to the next one or to go home with that. Mm -hmm. It's just like that's that's rough. I man. think anybody in the medical professional in the medical profession, especially emergency response, yeah. ER workers, you have to have your brain has to be wired differently. Yeah. Because in that situation, Denise Hollowell, they show up. She's still alive. So you have to try to calm a person down who has an axe lodged in the side of their head and try to administer whatever help you can 
while seeing something so tra- traumatic and gruesome. Yeah. You know, I think that also, and there are bad ones of this, but there are, I understand it as I've, you know, kind of looked into it and, and I, I watched a YouTube video from uh, emergency responders, uh, not re- emergency responders. Um, uh, the phone, what are the phone people called? Um, Halle Berry has played one in like five movies. Uh, the, uh, the dispatcher, dispatch, the dispatcher, dispatcher, yep, dispatcher, right? Sometimes they sound short or rude, but they, the, the way that they speak to people on those phones is to try to calm them down or get them to focus because they need the information that they need to get emergency responders to them. So you, you could be on the phone with them. You're screaming, I've been shot. My wife has been stabbed. There's a burglar in the house. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am. Okay. Calm down. What is your address? And if you're listening to it, it might sound like, why are you being so short and mean or whatever? But they're like, I need to, I can't react. I can't go, Oh my God, are you, I can't be like that. Yeah. I need to be matter of fact, straight to the line. Hey, listen. Okay. I get it. What is your birthday? I'm not, I hope they're not asking that question, but like what, where, what's your address? How many people are there? You know, what's your wife's name? They need this information and they can't get caught up in the emotions of the moment. Right. Even though it's the most scary moment for you, it can't be for them because they need to be composed to do their job. Yeah, They can't be emotionally attached to those situations. Exactly. So obviously being in the room and there's a person with an ax in their head is different, but I think anybody in that field Which of, that I you know, can't do. If somebody's calling me screaming, I was like, I, I just. I'm, my anxiety is going to go yes. up. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, let's take a moment and, and, and salute anybody who's in the emergency response field, um, you know, paramedic workers, all those things, because I can't. If I show up and you got a piece of crowbar coming through your arm, I'm going to faint. Yeah. And that's just the reality of the situation. Like, I'm no use to you. I, you know, I could have all the knowledge in the world. Like, I read all the books. Mm. I have the certificates and the degrees. But if I roll up on you, and there's a piece of rebar going from one of one of your ears through the other ear, like you have a Halloween costume on. I'm going to pass out. So I'm not wired for that. I, I get I get uh, weak, need, and, and queasy at the sight of blood. So anyway, uh, while Carlos claimed to be napping at the time of his mother's murder, there were no visible signs of forced entry into the home, which police uh, <clears throat> which pointed police to believe that it was an inside job. While investigating possible sus- suspects in her murder, police learned of police learned of the first time Denise Hallowell made headlines, which was in September of 2015. It was discovered that not long after adopting Carlos, Denise adopted a young boy from Honduras named Angel. Angel. Not because she Angel. Huh? Angel. Not Angel. Not because she wanted another child but because she felt it was important for Carlos to have another sibling, which is an important distinction. When I, when I, and I heard that I went like, I hear that a lot from people. They go like, you know, I want my kid to have a sibling. They're like, but do you want the kid? Do you want the kid? It's like, have the kid. Yeah. And then being a sibling, it's just automatic. Have a kid because yeah. you want to have the kid. Because you got to take care of that other yeah, kid. Yeah, don't have a kid because they have a, a, a brother. So like, my, my kid that I like, the kid that I like and wanted to have yeah. is alone. I just don't, I don't like So that. I want them to have something to play with. Yeah, it's not a dog. That's not a like reason it. to have a second kid. <laughs> get, him a, get him a dog. Get him a dog. That is a fine option to, to that, especially if you're going to treat the second kid yeah. like a dog, essentially. Yeah. So in 2015, Denise's youngest son ran away from home, prompting her to call the police. When officers arrived at the Hallowell home, they were shocked at what they saw. The Citrus County Sheriff's Office said Angel Hallowell was said to be being kept in a small room with 
doors with the door bolted from the outside and the windows nailed shut. Deputies say he was malnourished and given a bucket to use as a bathroom. Um, they all, the deputies, they saw this firsthand when they went to go, you know, follow up on yeah. the missing persons report. So this is not a rumor. This is, they saw this. At first I thought it was a rumor. I thought this was, I'm like, this can't be, can't be true. You have one child living in inhumane conditions and the other one is spoiled and, you know, living a good life. I'm like, this can't be, mm-hmm. this can't be real. Well, let me make a distinction because, you know, I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert. She was not found guilty on charges of the accusations that were made. As So I would imagine that perhaps the using a bucket as a bathroom came from Angel. But the room size, the, the, the nails bolted on the door, on the door and the window, those are all true things. But she said there was a bucket in the room, but the bucket was only because if he didn't make it to the bathroom. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, you, do you think this is spin, or do you think that those it's just a bunch of coincidences that sound bad when you just walk in on it? I think I, I would know, not man. give my kid a bucket if they have you know if they have a weak bladder or sometimes they wet the bed at night. I wouldn't get them a bucket. I think I think the conditions were true. I think I don't think it was that excessive. I don't think it was that bad. That's what but I'm saying. I do think you think maybe it, you, yeah. it was like there was like you know do you. What I'm saying to you is, do you think the bucket was punishment or really, you no, know, no, no, I think that if true. you don't make it to the bathroom and it just looks bad. But yes, it looks bad. It looks bad. A bucket to use the bathroom. But you don't think it was it. like, you can't come out of your room tonight. Pee in this bucket all night. No, I don't think it was like that. I don't, I don't think it was like okay. that. Maybe he embellished that story a little bit because I mean, yeah. like he's, he doesn't want to be there. He hates it. So like, why yeah. not? But it's like, I think the it bucket, was, yeah. it, it just looks bad. And she, she slept and he had an issue with running away. He was, you know, mm-hmm. and she slept in front of his door to make sure he didn't run away. So it's kind of like, like, maybe this is true. And then the only reason why she wasn't charged, because, you know, the charges were dropped. Yeah, there was, no, there was not enough evidence to charge yeah, her with something. Fucking Johnny Cochran. So, it, so, our team so obviously, however it looked out of the gates, once there was research done, they didn't find enough cause to bring her up on charges or find her guilty of anything. Yeah. So she only. Would. So I guess everything could be explained away. Yeah. But um, Angel did show signs of having some behavioral disorders and some uh, tendencies to maybe uh, act out for attention. Yes. So that might have played a role in some of the things that he did and maybe said. While Angel eventually returned home, Denise was removed from the home in handcuffs and brought to the county jail, and she lost custody of both her kids for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the news broke, her mugshot appeared in the local papers in the town of Inverness. Never heard of it, never been there, never probably will go. But shout out to Inverness, Florida. Uh, the local school system told her that she would not be able to return to her students. Mm-hmm. So this really shook up her life. Uh, it, it, you know, ended a lot of things that she had gone for her and was a real uh, shock to the community and their family. Carlos came out and defended his mother, vehemently challenging the accusations made against her. And her attorneys argued that while keeping a child locked in a tiny enclosed area may seem extreme or malicious, Denise had consulted with doctors and her local pastor about Angel's behavior and uh, his emotional issues and came up with a strategy of isolation and removing stimulation from his room when nothing else seemed to be working. So what they came across was like a person who was on their last leg, Mm -hmm. you know, had been dealing with a child with behavioral problems and decided to bolt them in their room at night so they can't run away. Uh, And, you know, you know, whether the size of the room, I don't really know, 
if that was like a decision made to put him in a smaller room, but he was in a small, you know, he was in a small room that they, that she bolted in to insecure to make her able to access it how she wanted to. But what they came across was this was, you know, the 10th time that he had done something, uh, you know, that would be deemed a behavioral issue. Yeah. And they came across a solution that, you know, people could deem to be whatever it is, but this was after talking to people that she, she trusted and felt were professionals. And they came up with the solution of this, of isolating him and kind of taking away things that could stimulate him to, you know, act erratically. Mm-hmm. So I don't, however you feel about that, I don't know, but you know, it sounds like, you know, she wasn't just moving on her own accord. She was taking guidance, whether it was misguided guidance or not is a different story, but she wasn't doing this in secrecy. And then you guys, they came upon her in the night and they, uh, like uh, the Turpins in California, all those people that had the, the haircut like coconut head. Yeah. They had like 12 kids wearing thing one and thing two shirts. Oh yeah. Somebody, the, the police just did a wellness check. And then, so they caught them with their pants down Yeah, with chains on the bed and all this shit. But that's not what this was. This lady's like, people knew I was doing this. Because I was consulting with people. Right. I wasn't doing this secretly and abusing him in the darkness of our home. This was like advice, kind of. I don't know, I don't know if that makes that better to you. I don't really know. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, yeah, it, I don't it, think it, 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 it is. You're still like locking a kid into you a can't, room. And, you can't treat a kid like an animal and like, and that's bad for an animal. You can't just have him locked in the chain and then like fucking put him on food on a plate and on a dish and slide it under the door and fucking. Yeah, no, do, it's unacceptable. Doesn't matter what the kid is, how bad he is, and this being a disobedient, you can't. Come on, now. he needs therapy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he needs help. He needs, like, yeah, he needs help. Denise would eventually be cleared of any wrongdoing in the case. She would then go on to sign away her legal custody rights to Angel, and subsequently attempted to move on with her life together with her adopted son Carlos. Which they moved into a house kind of further into the which woods. That's kind of crazy. Isolated. What that she got her son back, or that she I signed mean, to it like away? Sign him off and just like. <laughs> Just give up. Well, yeah. I mean, fuck this. Gotta move on. Yeah, this kid's this kid's a little too much. I'm gonna keep the good one and kick rocks. Yeah. You can have him back, state, especially because you moved him here from another country. Absolutely, exactly. So that's the hard. That's crazy. It's like, you know? it's like, like you, you, you just gave up way too easy. Like that's wild. Yeah, and now he's a ward of the state. He doesn't get sent back to mm-hmm. uh, Honduras. He is now a citizen here. And he was sent to a group home where apparently he faced conditions similar or worse to the conditions that he faced in Denise's home. Yep. So you gave up on him and then you didn't even at least find him a better situation. Which is, I think that, I don't know how, I think it's a lot harder to adopt kids today, obviously. I think that, you know, the system has self-corrected in ways. But the idea that you could adopt a kid from another country, bring him over here. And then just change your mind. I think it's crazy to be able to change your mind in adoption, period. at all. Like, just in general, you can't. That's fucked up. Yeah. So, but this was just harder than I thought it was going to be, so I never mind. You know, so I, I I think that there's something wrong with that, and if you up, really man. have a desire to adopt and raise children, it's not something that's... I think that we are we are a society, that's what makes society so dangerous today is because TikTok and all these things, everything looks perfect. Yeah. So you can watch somebody raise kids, and they only show you the good moments where they're baking a, a cake together, and they take the batter out of the bowl and put it on the other kid's nose, and the kid's... <laughs> But they don't show you when the kid doesn't want to bake and they throw the tantrum and they flip the bowl over. And now it's cake batter all over the, 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 uh, the cabinets and the floor. And then you're, you're upset, but you, don't, you can't kirk out because it's a kid. So you got to be calm. And then when they 
get mad and they don't want to cook anymore. They jump off the stool. And then when they jump off the stool, they land on your foot. And now your foot hurts because they stomped on your foot by accident. But they don't show you that part. Everything's just the cute moments. Yeah. So then you go, oh, I want a kid. Yeah. All people just enjoy the, the, the adolescent when they're toddlers and stuff like that, when they're kids. Then when they become, you know, teenagers and fucking, they get all these mood swings and, you know, they going, growing into, it's not fun growing into themselves. And it's like, yeah, it's not, it's, it, there's the, all the, you know, all the cute, cute stuff. That kind of mm-hmm. dies. That kind of goes away, you know, as the children get older. Like when you're babies, like they need they they're um, relying on you, hundred percent, right. and all that is mm-hmm. cute. And like then when they get older, it's like it's kind of like when you have a, a puppy. People like puppies. Yeah. So uh, people adopt puppies. Nobody adopts dogs. Right. Right. You know, obviously some people do adopt dogs, but overwhelmingly when you go to a shelter, everybody's adopting the puppy. Getting the puppy because it's cute. Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. And I think I think you can speak obviously obviously you can speak from personal experience, but you know having kids and raising kids is not sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's it's frustrating and, sure. and, and infuriating. Yeah. It's not all just like the joy and it's fun and happiness. It's a a litany of emotions. Yes. Yes. Up and down. Up and down. And you just got to deal with those. And you can't. But then you but it's you know for people that love their children. That's just you deal with that. But when you go, oh, I can't. This is this is too much. He want to fucking play. Yeah. He want to play all the time. I don't. I want to watch TV. It's like, yeah, it's not an option. Yeah, that's not how that and works. I, and 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 that's not to take anything because obviously there are people who adopt kids and those kids become their kids. Yeah. But if you do it, if you're not doing it for altruistic reasons, if you're doing it because you're looking for something to satisfy you, you want an accessory, you want a whatever, mm. it never is like your, it, it can never be your kid because yeah. it's always this selfish thing. Yeah. You're not doing it to raise a kid. So it's easy to go, ah, this isn't fun like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen, I've seen people do it with dogs. Yeah. And she, it's very much the same. It's the same, the same mentality of somebody who wants a kid for their own reasons. Want, they should just get a dog. Right. Because a dog, obviously a dog needs you, but a dog is like your accessory. It's cute and it's fun and it's a companion and it gives you all the things you need. A dog is only good to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know. obviously if they pee in the house or whatever, there's like headaches that dogs have. But a dog is there to love you and cuddle you. Dogs don't take your love for granted. They don't show, not show appreciation for things. The things that kids can do to make you infuriated. Right. Like a dog is only there to give you love. So if you want a companion, but you don't understand the concept of, it's not about me. I have something I want to give to somebody else. Yeah. If that's not a concept you understand, you should get a dog and don't get a kid. Yeah. And it seems like Denise Hallowell, which I'll get into, it seems like... She did exactly that. She did exactly that, but the first kid she saw something in that made her pour into him. Because and the second kid didn't do exactly what she wanted him to do. Exactly. Or she never wanted him. Yeah, that's what or, it is. Easy. Or she wanted a sibling. Or she... Because she went into it wanting a sibling for Carlos, she never really, she already had her kid that she wanted. Yeah, it became an inconvenience. When, you, when you're not perfect, you're a problem immediately. Yeah. Because I already didn't, I didn't get you because I wanted two kids. I got you because I wanted the kid I wanted to have a, a, a friend. So like I said, uh, Denise moved on with Carlos and, you know, they went on to just be the two of them once again. And although a scorned adopted son casted away by his family makes for a great murder suspect, the truth behind Denise's murder would be revealed just days after officers arrived at the Hallowell home that night. Because Carlos was the only other person in the home when the police arrived to the scene, cops naturally decided to question him. The 17-year-old claimed he had nothing to do with the murder, asserting that he had slept through the killing only to be woken up by their dogs barking at some point in the night. 
This story quickly fell apart through the course of an interrogation. During questioning, Carlos alluded to a time where he was living away from home because he and his mother were having some problems. And he stayed with a couple who recorded some conversations Denise had with them when she would come over to visit Carlos during his time away from home. I actually have a clip of that just to give people kind of an understanding of the dynamics of their relationship and how they interact. Denise came over multiple times to have sit-down conversations that led to arguments, some of which were recorded by Stephanie, the woman Carlos was staying with when he left Denise's house. When you know he doesn't have a job, why are you asking He has a job. He told me he has a job with you guys. Okay, he before that time working. And you were harassing How much was she originally saying he was like 600 bucks all the time working? Well, we have to come up with, uh, now I gotta come up with So just to be clear, the person in this, in this uh, clip who's yelling is Denise. Stephanie is one of the people involved in the marriage of the couple that Carlos moved, moved in with at the time when him and Denise were arguing, but, or, or not, or not on good terms or however they want to explain it. But the person in this video who's yelling is Denise. So what, what are your thoughts on that piece of audio that I just played? Um, I think that it's, it's, it's funny because when it's, when somebody goes like, hey, this person treats me this way and like nobody may not believe him or, you know, tell somebody else that he gets somebody else to see like, oh, look, this is the shit I deal with in this house and how she talks to me, how she treats me. And then now you guys can see what I go through and why I do the things I do and done the things I've done. Because look how she talks to me. She talks to me like, you know what I'm saying? She's saying, like, it's constantly about money. Like, I'm fucking 17 years old, and, like, what did we, like, is this, well, there was a part where, I, I don't know if you're going to play this. Are you, are you playing another clip or not? I wasn't. Okay, but, well, yeah. there, was a, there was a part where it was, like, she was, like, you know, what do you, what else does he need to to help you pay? Like, she was, like, oh, we need a fence on the, on the, uh, a new fence on the property. He was, like, she was, like, <laughs> what does a child want to, how is he going to help you pay for a fence? I'm a, 16. On a property. I mean, like, what yeah. do you expect from him? This is one of those situations where when we were talking about, like, um, her wanting kids for her own reasons, this is one of those situations where when because she never wanted kids for altruistic reasons, she doesn't have that belief that, you know, this kid didn't ask to be here. It's my responsibility to try to give them the best life that they can unconditionally. They don't need to earn things from me that I'm supposed to give them. Yeah. So if you're in this house, you're supposed to help me almost like a like a spouse or like a husband like you we live together exactly. this is like a you need to why aren't you helping my life yeah it's like he didn't he didn't he didn't ask to be born and he definitely didn't ask to be brought to, come, to the united him <laughs> to be here to be treated like uh, uh how he's being treated like you guys are dating or something like he's your boyfriend it's like he's a child you take yeah. care like you figure out you figure that shit out as an adult Exactly. It's your responsibility to teach a kid responsibilities, have, have him have a job, yeah. have him pay for his own things. But offense? Like, come on, man. If my dad line. For, I'd have been like, offense? Negro, man, what I'm going to do? I don't got no money for that. I don't have fence money. 
I can barely afford to put gas in my car with the job I'm right. in. I make thirty dollars a day. <laughs> offense. But I'm I'm past doing my phone bill. Yeah, what are you talking about offense? Going? Like this is crazy. So uh yeah, it just um it obviously we're talking about a kid who's now sitting in an interrogation room, his mother's been murdered. Um yeah. he is he is admittedly, I will say he's sitting there painting a picture that nothing He's saying that, you know, I have some anger problems. Me and my mom have been have gone through things in the past. But on this day specifically, I fell asleep. We had a great day, but nothing um, bad happened. But now we're starting to see the picture be painted of what life is like for them behind closed doors. And that is that doesn't bode well for Carlos. So detectives also revealed to Carlos that Denise had a number of cameras on the property and the footage, along with a cell phone data map, contradicted his account of how the night went. During the time that Carlos claimed that he was asleep, cell phone records showed that his phone never stopped being active during the window of time that he says he was asleep, meaning that either he wasn't actually asleep or someone there in the house was using his phone. But cameras show no third person at the home. This was a piece of information that I never had even thought of but police having before. This this is where, this is the forensic shit. Is oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So basically what they were able to map out one, the Denise was a very um, reclusive and like um, cautious person, so she had cameras all over the property. But yeah. Carlos's phone itself, when you're on your phone, it keeps track of when you open apps, close apps, charge it, charge take it, charger out, swipe it on, swipe it off. So he told the police that he slept through his mom's death, essentially, yes. but yes. and that he was you know taking a nap or whatever. But the police. Go, tell him during their invest during their interrogation but it was really like an they treated it like it was an interview he wasn't handcuffed to the table he wasn't yeah. he wasn't like in custody he kind of came down of his own volition but they told him while he, when he said that oh i was asleep i don't even remember i just kind of woke up and the dogs woke me up but they go to him well your phone never stopped being active it was scrolling right. through things it was it, it, it was active the whole time it wasn't just like and then he he thought he was smart too if, if anybody the the entire interrogations on youtube and he went back, he served back at them like, um, well, was it on like one thing? Because I was watching something. Because I think yeah. he thought, oh, it can't be that detailed. I'll just tell them, yeah, it was Jeez. active because it was on an app that I was on. I was on YouTube and I fell asleep. And they're like, no, no, no. It was on YouTube. Then YouTube closed out. And you opened up your, your bank, looked at your bank statement. Then you closed that out. You played <laughs> yeah. some, you played some uh, Candy Crush, closed that out. It was, it was moving. Yeah. And he didn't have and a response they, to that. Right. And then the whole camera situation, he was asking about the cameras. He was like, uh. I, I I believe he said he they didn't he didn't he didn't know cameras, he knew of it one didn't work oh yeah, yeah yeah that yeah they didn't work and then when they went back onto the property they found the spots where cameras would sit and there's dust uh there's spots where the camera would sit but it's dust around the where the camera I where it was like, placed man mm-hmm. yeah I go like that's that's crazy then they found cores of being unplugged yeah, coincidentally they're unplugged they're removed mm-hmm. they don't work it's like oh man but this, when they found where the cameras would be. A spot that was dust collected, but the spot where the camera was wasn't Clean. any dust. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So, but oh, yeah. So by the so by the time they come to him, yeah, they already know everything that they know. So they're asking you bait questions. So when they ask him, "Do you know about cameras?" and he goes, "No, nah, I didn't know about any cameras." They already know that there were cameras there. And then they yeah. go, "Well, didn't you say that your mom you got in trouble because your mom caught you on camera?" He goes, oh, "Okay, then." There, so yeah, there was one. Yeah. And then they go, are you sure it was only just one? And he goes, yes. They kept getting him to double down on things, and then he would contradict himself immediately. So then he, goes, then he has to go, oh, okay, no, there was another camera. I do remember there were two cameras. Yeah. So he just kept catching him in lies, and the story continued to break down, which wasn't a good story to begin with. But no. they, they, 
in the course of a very lenient and relaxed investigation and um, interrogation and discuss, really, it wasn't even an interrogation. It was not intense. They just no. talked holes into his story very calmly. It was a thing we were talking about last week where they're just going to keep asking you the same question. Yeah. And you're never going to remember the first, the thing you said the first time. You just never are. You're going to mess up in some kind of way. You'll keep digging that hole. And once once you start to feel that they're onto you, now you start volunteering information that you don't need to be giving. Yeah. He was talking about pies and we were having a good day. As a matter of fact, we celebrated because we didn't argue all day. So we went to get pie for celebration. I was like, well, why do you keep reiterating that you guys had such a good day? Yeah, that there was, and when it, and when you, and when they get super defensive and kind of talk talking down on the detectives, like detectives don't know, like they're idiots and don't know what the fuck mm-hmm. they're talking about. Yeah, it's like, all right, man, you don't. Why are you getting sassy with me? Because your story doesn't make any right. sense. Would you were you walking around the house with the axe? Yeah. No, I left it in the garage. Well, we have you on camera walking around the house with the axe. Well, I didn't. So yeah, I don't know what to tell so you. Are you, I, are I you detectives? Are you detectives? Once you figure that out, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> okay. You got it, man. Hey, man, you're the one on camera walking around your mom's, your dead mother's house with an axe right. in, in your hand, and yeah. she has an axe in her head, and we're asking you, were you on camera with an axe? And we are asking you, it's a rhetorical question. We saw you. And now you're saying- <laughs> We know the answer. So like I said, the data map is um, you know, contradicting that he was asleep the whole time, and uh, during the time that Carlos claimed that he was asleep, GPS locating also revealed that Carlos walked down to a lake near the house- Something Carlos swore up and down that he did not do. He said, you know, he, I never went down there. You know, all these things. Everything that they know, he said he didn't do. And then they come to him with evidence yeah. and facts and, and data. So Carlos swore up and down that he didn't go down to the lake. But Denise's phone was later recovered from that lake. Yep. And Carlos's GPS on his phone shows that he went down to the lake. Yeah, his, her last ping on her phone was at the lake. And then his, one of his locations that he went with his phone was at the lake. Yes, so he went down to the lake with her phone and had his phone in his pocket. Yeah. So he has, he knows nothing about, he's never watched forensic files <laughs> ever in his life, you know? So, but, so his story continues to fall apart. The detectives even pulled the phone recovered from the dive team, as well as three cameras from the house also found at the lake behind the house out of an evidence box in front of Carlos. And this rattled him in a way where he already was super rattled, but this one, he just, he had to like start trying to, come up with a reason to why this is the, you know, what happened and said that, Oh, I panicked. And when I saw the body, I just started grabbing stuff and I, I just threw it in the lake, which is like, well, what? What did I think? This is, Alan, tell me if you agree with this. I think when they, when they attackers do this, when they go to try to get rid of evidence or throw it in lakes and trash, I think they go like, I think they have the idea where detectives are going to go like me, us getting a team and diving into a lake is too much. <laughs> Nobody will ever so looked in this lake. Th- nobody, w- they're, they're not, that's so much, so much work that they're not going to dive into a lake and, you know, whatever, or go through, you know, go to the city dumpster yard and, you know, dig through the trash. Well, it's dismissive evidence. of your victim. You're like, I yeah, don't give a shit about this person. I'm, I killed them. Who, who, nobody gives a shit about this person. They're not going to, this isn't the president's they're daughter. Not, they're not going to go to the extent to try to solve this crime. And they go like, this should be, whatever I'm about to do with this, it should be, I should be able to get away. This is plenty. This is plenty yes. of work. Yeah, I think he thought it was a brilliant thing to do because of sure. what you just said. Because he goes, yeah. what are they going to get divers to go dive into? Yep. <laughs> That's exactly That's a, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the ping says the last place you stood with her phone was at this lake. You think we're going to go down to where the last place that her phone was and was like, well, I guess he threw it in this water. Maybe. Yeah. We'll never know. No, they're going to get a dive team and go down and try to go, go find the phone. They're going to get him and get that. Yeah. 
So like I said, you know, when they pulled the evidence box out from the dive team and, pu- and pulled the cameras out in evidence bags and her cell phone out in evidence bags and put all the stuff in front of Carlos, it, it had him floundering. Now, keep in mind, at this time, Carlos is 17 years old with no represent- representation in the room, which I don't really know how I feel about, but it's becoming more and more apparent that he is guilty. So I guess it, it, it cancels out, but this is a child basically being interrogated without any representation in the room. So it is, he's at a real disadvantage. You know, he's kind of fending for himself and he's a kid dealing with two adults who are seasoned at this. So I don't really know well, if that's fair, but how do you feel? What, I mean, am I off base or what do you think? Is it fair that he's like, he's not represented or? Yeah, that, he, that they're talking to him with, I mean, his, his only legal, you know, guardian is dead well, and he doesn't have a lawyer. You got it. Well, he got, you got to know your rights, don't you? You got to be like. Would you they, want somebody they, to they, say that? To, they, would you want somebody they, to say that to Max? What? You gotta They're, know. You gotta know your but rights. They, but they tell you that though. I mean, that's yeah. But he's a kid. They tell you. All right, but I mean, like, if they have tons of evidence, and I don't know if they tell him that because he's not. He wasn't like um, in custody. They kind of brought him down there casually, so they might have slipped it in that you know, if if you don't want to talk, you can leave or whatever. They might have said it so like quick. You know the little tricks they do. They might have said it I so get that. quick okay, and whatever. So, okay, so what if you? What if you're the detective and you're trying to solve this case? Uh, I don't understand how you. You're that's I mean, that's advantageous for you to be like, oh, of okay, course, well, it's advantageous. Listen, them. right. That's of course. Like, but you can't you can't be like, oh, you're going to max It's like, all right, well, if if I'm if I, obviously not. But if I'm the detective, I'm not going to find a way to ruin his case. That's just that's just the reality of it. Right. If I can get him to talk, if I can get him to talk, then we just going to keep talking until somebody until he figures out. I mean, like where he goes, he don't want to talk anymore. Then. Fine, we'll deal with that. But I mean, like, if he's going to talk uh-huh. and we just going to be talking casually, I mean, like, he's saying he's not under arrest. We just having a conversation and he's asking him questions. And, and he's, he's and he's digging his own grave. While he's yeah, talking. it's like, I mean, what do you what do you expect for the detective to do? I do. I think it's fucked up. Yes, because he's a minor. But I mean, like, the guy it's becoming more and more clear every minute that he is the guy that did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's not like they're just yeah. wasting his time and, and he's innocent. Like, it's, it's and not they're like, beating him and, and yeah, torturing him and shit yeah. like that. That's mm-hmm. not happening. No. Yeah. He's like, sometimes I go out there and punch a tree when I get angry. And my mom does make me angry a lot. It's like, okay, keep going. Yeah. You know, they're not going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, man, you're making yourself sound real guilty. So I would suggest you stop talking. They're not, that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, hey, man, listen, I'm no uh, genius, but you sound real guilty. So I'm going to stop. Maybe you should stop yeah. talking. <laughs> I'm going to stop the tape here because maybe you, <laughs> this is not looking too good for you. It was like if it, it like uh, they felt bad, like you feel bad for him. It's like, hey man, you are digging yourself a a, a hole. <laughs> you're making this a real open and shut case right now. <laughs> right, I need a little bit of competition. I haven't <laughs> had competition all week. Got basketball games got canceled. I need this to be. I need. This, I need you to. Yeah, let me get a lawyer in here. I need some, yeah, I need somebody <laughs> I need formidable because this yeah, is man. a slam dunk. It's too easy, man. I'm crossing you out, breaking your ankles. You're getting caught up on like this ice cream. I'm asking you about McDonald's. You're you're saying Burger King, and we have receipts for McDonald's. You just you're just lying. You're not good at this. I'm catching. I've caught you in like 40 lies, bro. I'm gonna stop the game. Yeah. So, um, with pressure mounting and his story now in rubble, uh, Carlos started to claim that he blacked out and didn't remember anything after waking up to dogs barking and finding his mother. So he basically is like, "There's a gap. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what happened." So I saw I, I, when I heard that because you hear so much. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me look up. I need to look up. There has to be a stat or something mm-hmm. that, that has something to do with, you know, homicides and insomnia, something, right? And it, says, it claims that insomnia has been reported in the estimated range of 10 to 70% of homicides. So it, it's an easy one to 
I blacked out. I don't remember. Yeah. I was sleepwalking. A lot of these things have, they're claimed, but a lot of times they get debunked immediately. Yeah. They don't really but hold much weight once you start questioning. Right. But it's for, for them, for people to use that. Now, I don't know. This, that could be a thing. People black out and don't remember. I'm sure it's happened. Happen. I'm sure it's, it's happened, happened. But it's like. It's not common. It's not and it, and something so graphic. I mean, graphic. Something so graphic. Graphic. That's and gruesome. Yeah. Yeah, gr- yeah. Hey, <laughs> listen. That's the gruesome. definition. There. That's a new word. Something <laughs> yeah. that, that was graphic as fuck. It was graphic and gruesome. <laughs> yeah. Like that, an axe being, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't just be like skull. I was sleepwalking. I just I fucking walked in and I walked back out and I saw my mom laying there. I was like, man, you fucking did that. Yeah, come on. You man. saw everything you did. Yeah. So you know. There are probably circumstances where I could believe somebody sleepwalked into doing a crime. Yeah. Murder isn't one of them. During his interview, he asserted that, that he did remember grabbing an axe and sharpening it, mm-hmm. but it was because he had yard work to do. There was a tree that fallen on the fence and broken it, and uh, Denise had asked him to break up the tree with an axe, and so he remembers grabbing the axe, but it was to do that chore. Sure. So now, again, they keep saying, like, well, we saw the axe in your hand in the video. Oh, yeah, well, I did have, the, he has to keep inching toward the truth. So they really have him in this, they have him in this box that he can't get out of, and the lies keep bringing him closer and closer to the truth because they're like mm-hmm. they're only they're dulling they're dulling they're dulling out the evidence a little bit at a time. So every time he says no to something, they go, "Well, we saw you doing it," and then he has to go, uh, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I did grab the axe. I was sharpening it to cut the tree down. So now we have the axe in your hand, we have the axe in the house. Yep. We're getting closer and closer to that bedroom." So Carlos also admitted to having temper flares. This was a point in the interrogation where I was like, all right, man, you, now you're just, it's a wrap. Now you're admitting that you and your mom get in fights. Everybody in the neighborhood knows you have a, a temper and they're scared of your temper. And he's saying things like this. And I, I go out and punch the trees. I'm like, all they have to do is say, so what did your mom say to you that night that made you have a temper flare and you killed her? Like you're yeah. setting up the, the home run knock out of the park. So, but he did say uh, that he was on antidepressants to assist him with these temper flares and that he hadn't had one in a long while. Mm. So Carlos eventually broke down and admitted that he and Denise did in fact get into an argument the day of her murder. Apparently, after Denise had recently found out Carlos was expelled from, from his high school months prior, he had been expelled from school for like eight months and was just pretending to still be going to school because he didn't want to have to deal with his mom being right. upset with him. But then she found out about it days before her murder and it made for her, you know, really the way that I played in that, in that um, audio clip that I played, it took, it gone to new heights. Yeah. Now she's furious at him. She's calling him a, you're going to be a loser. You're, you're dropping out of school. Like you're worthless. She was really, according to Carlos, really getting very vitriolic with the things she was saying, which caused for a very tense house. And that tension led up to the night of July 13, 2019 after a family friend's funeral. Carlos had allegedly expressed a desire to enroll in a technical college instead of a four-year degree that Denise wanted. And Denise wanted because that way she can say, I have a kid that's in college and post Facebook. I mean, I'm listening. All right. This is all alleged. I don't know Denise. I don't know her character. But based on the things that I've read in, this, in doing the research and the, the videos that I've watched and Carlos's expression and uh, family friends, uh, the couple that he lived with, their expression about Denise and how she moved and uh, wanting to be a perfect family. I think to her, going to a technical college was for losers. And I want my son to go to a college and I can post pictures of him walking the stage when he graduates. That I want my thing that I adopted to do what I want him to do. Yeah. 
I don't even know. If, I'm sure there was elements of I want what's best for you, but it's but it's not I want what's best for you. I want what's best for what I want you to present to the world as a representation of me. Right. And those are two different things because there's nothing wrong with going to a technical school. No, there's nothing wrong with getting a trade and, and, and having a craft or a skill. Like there's nothing wrong with that unless you are an elitist person. You know, and, and so, you know, that caused the fight. You know, he wanted to go to a technical school. She wanted him to go to a four-year school. And when he said, when she allegedly refused to entertain the idea of him going to a technical school, she even claimed that she would not pay for his school fees if he did not go to college. Or maybe at all. Maybe she went, if that's what you want to do, your college fund's done. Now you can't, you don't have anything from me. Well, she was crying about money. That's more money than him going to a four-year college than him going to of a college. Because she, she, you don't get a free ride. But that's, he's, I think he's, that's not her. Eight, he's not 18, though. He's but not. It doesn't matter. I think that's just, that was just her philosophy towards him. Like, you need to contribute. You want to be doing drugs. And then also on that, there's the tough love element of it. Because this kid, keep in mind, Carlos had been getting in trouble. He was doing drugs and drinking. He would get caught sneaking girls into the house. So I think in her mind, it's like, you want to act grown? I'm going to treat you. I think it was a tough love type of thing. But I don't know. I don't know Denise. I don't know Carlos. Who's telling the truth? Where the truth fa- falls somewhere between the story that Carlos is telling and the the yelling that we heard in that video. Yeah. Her parenting tactics are up for debate. But you know, I don't know. But clearly, they drove Carlos to a point where he said, "Fuck all this." You know, not to not to blame her for being murdered, but it it made him mad. He didn't like it. However, the, the, whatever the parenting technique was, he didn't like it. So, um, like I said, this angered Carlos, um, her dismissing his dream or his goals or wanting to, whatever it was in the dismissal of him going to technical school, it angered him. Um, Carlos claimed that he went out to chop some wood using an axe. However, the rage took hold of his actions and led him to his mother's room, which the axe, with, with the axe still in his, in his hand, and Carlos then flew into a rage and claimed that he lost all memory of attacking and killing his mother. So at that, now he's, the blackout has now just moved to, I got all the way to a room, and then I just, black, I snapped. Yeah. But he, he's now acknowledged, I had the axe, I was chopping some wood because I was angry, and I was getting my frustrations out. Then I walked to her room, still angry, but I had the axe in my hand, and then that part I don't remember, which is a good cop-out. To not remember the most gruesome part, to not, you know, to try to, not take full responsibility for you killing your mom in the way that you did, you go, I don't remember that part. But I do well, remember having... Well, maybe it's something they do when it's just like, I. Ch- it was like, I know what I did was bad and gruesome. Or groofic. Yeah, or groofic. I mean, I make my brain choose not to remember that. It could be a trauma response. It could be a trauma response. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It could, it could be like, you know, it could be your brain protecting you from yourself and not wanting to remember that. that that's very true. Carlos Hallowell was charged with murder and pleaded not guilty to the charge. Ultimately, the court found Carlos guilty of first-degree premeditated murder right. and sentenced him to life in prison in fall of 2021. Carlos Hallowell made a decision that his life would be much better off with the resources that life with Denise came with, but the overbearing hand of his mother needed to go away. So, you know, I think that it's very true that Denise afforded him a life that he enjoyed. If you watch his interrogation footage, it's very interesting that he was able to commit this gruesome murder. But at the beginning of the, um, the interview, let's call it, the interview with police, he was able to slip into this very suburban kid, good kid uh, act. I'm like, yeah, you know, we, go, we went to get pie and then we went to the house and she went to have her time and I went to have my time. He really knew how, it felt like he knew how to have the facade of a, 
a, a upper middle class kid. He, but he didn't sound like a bad kid, though. He didn't sound like a bad kid, but he is a kid that was experimenting with drugs at an early age. He was expelled from school. So I think he was a kid with behavioral issues. I don't necessarily know if that makes him a bad kid, but it, he had a bad temper. No, what could drive it? What could drive? I mean, there are components where something, what's going on in the household, could drive, could have drove him to those actions, though. Or, I don't disagree with that. Or, like, you know, I think it was what is it, APD? That may have something to do with genetics. Mm-hmm. We don't know what, Sure. Who his parents were, you know, his biological, his biological parents. parents. Yeah, yeah, we don't know the people he probably potentially was hanging around at the time. Yeah. Like friends, but like what else what that was going on at home that was making him do For sure. Things? The only pushback I would give on that is as because I watched the full two hour interrogation, to watch him lie the way that he was lying, there's some element of, you know, sociopathy there for me. That's not just like his mom made him mad and, you know, because of some behavioral issues, he might have just snapped and had no control of it. It felt very much like rehearsal, planning for these questions to be asked, dumping the phone. I mean, the phone and the cameras in the lake like there was so much premeditation. I'm not saying he didn't do it, though. No, I'm not saying not. I'm I'm saying the culpability. I'm not saying you're you're saying he didn't do it. I'm saying that it didn't feel like this. uh I just snapped and lost it in the moment. It, it felt very much oh, like yeah, yeah, I agree with that. He yeah, yeah. he 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 reached a point that he couldn't take it anymore, and then saw an opportunity to try to get rid of her. It didn't yeah, feel it, like a a moment of a crime of passion. Yeah, and I was saying that, but the kid was troubled though. He had a lot of shit. Uh, I agree. Going no, on no, that, for sure. That could push him to the to the edge. As far he's as adopted. Like he's men, as yeah. adopted. Some mental, you know, shit he was dealing with. You know, bipolar disorder, and they would say he could have abandonment issues. Him mm-hmm. being from his parents back home, his biological parents, and then his coming here, and then his his uh, uh his adoptive mom treating him the way yep. she is, and kicking him out, and doing all kinds mm-hmm. of shit. I mean, like all that. That all is a factor. That all, all is a factor. All sure. of that has to go in go into the full the finished product of the kid. Yeah. I now, agree. what he did, what he yeah, obviously what he did was wrong. Yes, but I mean, like it's not just so cut and dry. It's like they just had, had a bad relationship, and it was just like she wasn't giving him. You know what I'm saying? It was like yeah. it's, it's it's way deeper than that. Yeah. I think that, you know, I don't want to kick anybody. I don't want to kick the back end of the dead, but I think I don't think Denise Hallowell was equipped with the tools that she needed to raise an, a, an adopted kid because there there are some therapy has to play a role. You, yes. You're going to feel like oh, my mom's white and I'm a, a kid from Guatemala. Like, right. What, what, where where am I from? Where what is my lineage? Like, I, should I, I do I want to be connected to that? And I don't think she was equipped for those issues. No. And I think she tried to solve those issues with like discipline and yeah sternness you know St- yeah and, but and also like you can't be i don't know the word for it, but you can't be you can't do stuff you know favors for people and then kind of throw it back in their face every chance no. you get it's un- know, it's, it has the, to be I'm, unconditional it's right. conditional I, it's conditional love okay yeah i just don't think that's right for you yeah to it's like i bought you a car it's like well i thought you bought me a car because i'm you're my mom not because yeah, yeah. you were gonna throw it in my face later right because she was saying that they had a quote that she said that you know if it wasn't for me you would be standing at the border with those other idiots. Yeah, that's crazy. Trying thing. to get in the country. And it's like, you can't. Yeah. You can't. For one, that's racist. And like <laughs> saying that, <laughs> saying that to one. get under somebody's skin every time you're upset with them is, is that's fucked up. You can't. Yeah. And let's just go child? ahead and say that's a that's a legend. <laughs> like we don't. I didn't hear. That's, that's I'm saying. I'm, this is what that's I heard. That's a crazy in the video. thing to say in the heat yeah. of the moment. This is what I, this is what I heard in the video. I'm saying that you know again that's alleged. So we don't yeah. know if it's true or not, but because that's that's 
That's but like, it's that's but like from evil. The, that's like evil. But from the shit we've, I mean, it's not I, I, it's I not be, far yeah. off. It's like this. You can't go like no way. She said that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I do, I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that she felt very righteous in the good deed that she did. Right. That's it. But, but it's I not mean, to like, do. It's not to do to to be praised about this kid's whole life. At this right. point, he's supposed to just be your kid. You shouldn't even be bringing up that he's from Guatemala right. and you saved him if, anymore. Right. Even if you don't mean it, you're still saying it to get him upset because you know, mm-hmm. like. He's adopted, and you're, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah, your intent is to hurt, right? Your intent is there. And she's yeah. said things to, if even if we don't know that to be a fact, we in the video I played, she's saying things to hurt him. Yes. So she cool. has a track record of saying things to hurt him. Right. So that doesn't make that like an unbelievable thing that she might have said in the heat of a moment one time. But yeah, so uh, he was charged um, and found guilty in the fall of 2021. Um, at at his sentencing, Carlos asked for justice for his mother and compassion for himself. Uh, Hallowell is eligible for a sentence review 25 years into his punishment, which would make it uh, like 2046 or something like that, I believe. He will be eligible for, you know, a parole review. And he was not eligible for death row because he was a minor at the time of the murder. Hmm. So, uh, yes, that was the story of Carlos Hallowell and the murder of Denise Hallowell. Um, Very sad, very tragic. A lot of elements of like you said, the adoption thing, but you know, maybe not having the best intention or having good intentions, but not having the tools to be a parent. Yeah. Especially the parent of a child through adoption and how that can play a hand in the making of a child. There was one uh, video that I, I watched about the psychology of Carlos Hallowell, where it was saying, regardless of any kind of uh, behavioral issues or disorders that he might've had, uh, one part of the antisocial personality disorder that is a big factor can be the nurture part of it, the development of a child, mm-hmm. which would be squarely on Denise Hallowell. Like there can be, you know, a predisposition to it in your family bloodline, or, you know, you have a history of bipolar disorder or something like that. That can be a factor, but the way that you're raised can be a big factor. They've said that Denise Hallowell herself showed signs of antisocial personality disorder. She was very um, um, reserved. She didn't talk to a lot of people. She had a temper and raising a child under those conditions and them seeing them, seeing them can aid in them developing their own antisocial personality disorder. So it's not just like a, he was born this way. And so she never had a chance. They are saying the way that he turned out her, her, her raising him had a hand in that. Yeah. So, you know, um, parent by blood, parent by adoption, what have you, you know, if you don't have the tools for the job, you need to be open to knowing that, accepting that, and learning to do the job better. Sure. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that she was. I think she was like, I got this, and I'm going to do it my way. I don't need anybody's opinion on how to raise my kid. And I think that's a wrong way to go at it. It's very arrogant. Yeah. You should never raise a kid arrogantly. Right. Because it takes a village. So I feel sorry for the kid, Carlos Hallowell, a kid from Guatemala who – you know, had no say in anything and he being brought over here and, you know, who he was molded into. But what he did was uh, unacceptable and really horrible and terrible. Right. For sure. So, yeah, rest in peace to Denise Hallowell. Uh, Fran, uh, is there anything? I'm sure there's a ton of stuff they're happy about. Anything specific, though? Like, what are you thankful for? What are you happy about? What do you, you know, what do you got for, for us this week? Um, I am thankful for the last two weeks I haven't had off of work. I've been able to. <laughs> yeah. Vacation. Spend, Thank yeah, you. vacation. <laughs> Spend a siesta, time, yeah. Spending time with the family, which is always good because you know I'm I'm a homebody. I like to be in the house for sure. So I'm thankful for that to be able to, you know, 
to spend time like that and still get paid. So oh, that's uh, that's real nice, that's, brother. That's, that's always great. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, bro. oh yeah, brother. That's real nice. Uh, I'm thankful for it to be going on a trip with my boy, man. We got a trip yeah, coming man, up. Of course. Uh, we are on it currently, but um, this yeah. has been this has become kind of like an annual thing. I don't know our future with CrimeCon, but I've been enjoying the last three years of getting a uh, a yearly trip with my Damn, with my, three with years. my yeah with my, with my best buddy yeah. and going to go meet awesome people and awesome creators and just you know yeah. enjoying that space and you know le- learning about new stories and you know what what the new advances in true crime are just it's just a really cool space so I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to that and having somebody to be like what what the fuck next to me yeah, yeah. is always but nice yeah I do I will say that we need to fi- figure out a way to try to go on a a yearly guys trip outside of that Sure, but we're for working sure. on it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> listen, man, the the funds got to be funded for one. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know, we're, so, we're so, working so, on it. Yeah, we, we, we slowly build that. You know, slowly, yeah. slowly build that. But uh, the, in the meantime, this is always a, sure. a, a fun yeah, thing man, that I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this time of year, uh, always, or for the past three years, it's, it's yeah. been a, a good thing to look forward to. So I'm excited, and I hope that we're down there having a good time, and everybody's safe, and I hope that you know people are enjoying coming up to us and talking to us and having those tales from the hood ready to go yeah. under under five minutes would be fantastic so i'm hoping again <laughs> if you're coming to the booth and you want to chat with us tell us your tales from the hood keep yeah. it short keep it interesting and keep it fun man uh, you know uh, you know we're really looking forward to uh seeing you guys down there in orlando anyway uh oh wait I've, oh go oh, sorry go ahead the uh my recommendation Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get into it. Get into it. Get into it. So, uh, but but first, I did. I went. To, I went to the movies for like the first time in life. You went to the like, movies? Yeah, I, we, me and me and the wife went. To, we had a little, little date night. We went to go see um, the Equalizer. Was it three? Equalizer three. We were like it, it was. It was good, but it was, it was still one of those things where it was like, yeah, I don't think y'all really need to make the third Equalizer. The third one. <laughs> the third one? But I, didn't I love see the Equalizer being I loved, a trilogy. I will admit. I love Denzel, and uh-huh. you know the, the Equalizer movies. I like, but I mean, like it was just like. Okay, just it was it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It didn't blow you away. Nah, but I do love. I I love action. It's Denzel. It's Denzel. I love action. But the movie that me and Steph saw was it's called Don't Worry, Darling. Have you heard of this movie? It's on Netflix. Don't worry, darling. So no, um, I don't think so. Get into it. Definitely go watch it. Okay. The ending sucks. You know. Sure. And and that will change how I feel about movies just in general. Right. The whole movie. This was good. And and I go. And once it gets to the end, mm-hmm. if it doesn't end how I would like to or expect to, I go, Terrible this movie. was a waste of my time. <laughs> but I did like the movie, though. Uh-huh. I liked the movie. So what happened in the movie that it was this couple, the guy loses his job, right? So, yeah. So how the movie started off is they live in this town, right? Live in this, uh-huh. this, this community where everybody, they all know each other. It's in a desert. Nice house. Fucking beautiful weather. Harry Styles is in it. Harry Styles is in the movie. Have you gotcha. seen this? Have you I seen haven't seen this movie, no. Okay, so... Um, there yeah, was a lot of controversy the, around it, and that made me bored of it, and yeah, so I never checked and the it guy out. From, and the guy from uh, The League was in it. I can't remember his name. I like him. He's super funny. Mm-hmm. He's the big... I don't know. He's Whatever. But anyway, um, so they in this, they live in this community, whatever, and then like everything was so perfect. I was like, what the fuck? And, I, and at first, I, I couldn't just... I just couldn't... The guys would go to work. The women mm-hmm. would stay home, but the guys would all leave at the same time with right. nice cars. Mm-hmm. They drove in the desert to this fucking tunnel. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? But they would never show anything else after that. 
they will like come what back. the job was. Yeah, and they will come back all at the same time, eat dinners, like the same repetitive thing every every day. They would have these parties and like some black like pleasant lady, like Pleasantville. Like yeah, every day is a great day. But, yeah, yeah, and some lady was there. She was like acting out, and it was just like kind of you know ostracizing her. Was like we need to get her out of here because mm-hmm. she's she's messing up the vibes. She's blowing the thing up. Mm-hmm. So just that's how that went, and then the lady. Harry Styles' wife kind of started catching on to shit, just like any other movie, just the mm-hmm. same shit. And then I'm gonna just jump to the end, to the end, <laughs> right? Spoiler and, alert! Spoiler! Spoiler! Alert. spoiler alert. I want to know, but I'm still. So they they rewind it. You know they do the little playback, and it's like the guy loses his uh, uh, he loses his job, don't know what to do. She's working. She's like a, a doctor working mm-hmm. all these hours, and it was like he wants a better life for them both, right? Right. So. What happened was he started listening to these crazy videos and the whole thing was a uh, virtual reality. So when he would leave to go to work, they would snap out of the reality and it was to make sure that the wife was like fed and... Oh, wow. Not, so they were unplugged from the Matrix. Yeah. I said, what the hell? And they, like, they had these like these little things over their eyes to keep their eyes open. But that so was they're just the like in the basement somewhere. Virtual rea- they're like in the room, laying down. I said, what? And then something happened where she finally got away. She finally, you know, got So why was she why was she figuring was she not getting fed? Or the lady she just, the lady before was was like they're lying to us, the black lady that they And that made her think about and it. And that made her think and she started. And made like, her notice. Right. And then she got it. And then um what happened was if you try to leave and go to the headquarters, they'll just they'll do that men in black shit where it's like they'll forget your gotcha. memory. Uh-huh. And then she finally escaped and then it cuts off. And all you hear was, oh, and the screen is black. The and you just hear that. Black. And so she just, sees a room full of women plug, plugged in, I guess, is your to, no, no, to no. assume she that. Wake, no, she wakes up to like. Oh, she uh, that like, was her breath of waking up. Yes. That was got it. OK, up, got you. Like, I thought you meant like a gas. You mean like a gas for air? Like she air, woke like up from she, the machine. Yes. Yes. Got you. Like, but that was, was like, on a black screen. Yeah. I said, what? OK, <laughs> that's it. You didn't, you didn't like that? No, man. She's awake now. She's plugged. She's awake. Why can't they show that, though? Cinema, man. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's why, and that's why, you know, I just, I'm not a movie person, bro, because I just, if they don't end how I like them to end. You hate I it. Like the, I want to see the whole thing through. That's not seeing You want all the details. You want to see her wake up, kill Harry Styles, they go to jail. Well, he's dead. He died. He died in, okay. if you die in a virtual reality, you die in real life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I said. But you wanted her to send everybody to the prison and. No, I just wanted to, you know. Just, you wanted just, more. You wanted, yeah, more. I just wanted more. I just I didn't, I don't. The ending's a movie. I just think that hasn't been perfected yet. Maybe some movies have. <laughs> I just don't think some movies. We should look up when we get a chance. We should look up the best movie endings of all time. We'll look through that list. Maybe or next the worst, week. Worse, because a lot of them suck. Worse. Yes. You think "Don't Worry, Darling" would be up on there? For sure, man. I was upset. Well, yeah. Well, again, uh, that was uh, Fran's reviews. Yeah. Uh, you know, hope you enjoyed the review of "Don't Worry, Darling," and whether you check it out or not, that's up to you. That's your business. That's, we don't control you. Fran didn't. Fran's not telling you to or not to watch it. Yeah. But that's what he thought of it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, we are coming to you guys live from CrimeCon. Uh, we hope to see you down there in Orlando. And if you're not down there, that's okay. Just you know, keep an eye out on the social medias. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Fran. So Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>